Ramble. Why don't you take it away with this week's intro? I feel like you might have a good idea of how it goes. Um, hi. Welcome <laughs> back to today's podcast. I'm your host, Mr. Manglebutt, with my site ho <laughs> Stephanie Sue. Wow, that was the most enthusiastic, exciting intro that I've heard in quite some time. Welcome to this week's episode. Holy cow, I have so much shit I want to talk about in this week's episode. You have no freaking idea. I've got many stories. I've got a gigantic story of a, just a really creepy man. Okay, so if you guys are here for the Ed Gein story, the Edward Gein story, that's exactly what you're going to get. You're going to get the story that American Psycho, well, actually, scratch that, just the movie Psycho. Psycho, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Silence of the Lambs was based off of this criminal. So if you guys don't know, Psycho, the main character is Norman Bates and he just pretty much murders a bunch of women. And a lot of it has to do with like this strange, deranged loyalty towards his mom. Like there's like a mommy and me storyline to that, right? So that's Psycho. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, there's a killer called Leatherface. And he's called Leatherface because he wears masks made out of human skin from his victims. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's a whole series. I mean, I think it's a billion dollar series. Yeah, they make a lot of money. Why are you looking behind me? Wait, is that real or is it... You're talking about real case or the movie? These are the movies that are based... These people. Yes. Now keep that in mind. Leatherface. This is not too far from the truth. Yeah. And then we've also got Silence of the Lambs, who was based off of Edward Gein. And Silence of the Lambs is revolving around a character by the name of Buffalo Bill. And he murders a bunch of women for their skin. And he likes to dress up in their skin. Okay. (laughs) Shit. How do you do that? I'll tell you. I'll tell you technically from the little experience that I, I'm just getting the no experience that I have, but I am going to give you the lowdown on it. But first, we have to get familiar with a topic, which is grave robbing, because it's going to be a central theme in today's podcast. Do you know anything about body snatching? I mean, I know that my body snatched, but do you know anything else about body snatching? Grave robbing is something actually i was really into growing up okay don't say you're incriminating yourself oh okay so it's (laughs) it's actually a very trendy topic in china right now because there's a lot of books a lot of novel and movies about it okay it's very mysterious Uh, i mean we're we're talking about that today yeah okay so so what do you know about grave robbing like why do people in china rob graves why do people here rob great? <laughs> Are we just having a competition of which countries got no, the weirder I'm curious. criminals? I'm curious. Okay, well, I mean, from what I know, that there it started. Grave robbing started from um, what it's known today was with the medical industry in like the 19th century. So a lot of medical experts needed cadavers to teach with, to experiment with, to do all of their like medical experimentations on. And they were running out of it. I mean, it just was a shit show. Like that was like around the time when all these consent forms were being like. So all these doctors. Yeah. So all these like consent things were showing up and people were like, wait, actually, in order for you to like just take someone's dead body, you have to have their family's consent. And so then they were running out of people. They were running out of bodies. So these people would go in and try to dig up graves so that they could give it to the black market, allegedly, to the doctors. Yeah, they just sell the bodies to the doctors. So you guys rob, not you guys. (laughs) I'm sorry, did I? (laughs) (laughs) People grave rob for the body, physical body. Yeah, so there was lots of grave robbing for the physical body to get, you know, medical 
expertise done on it i guess like not for that person mm. like from the brief i don't know too much about this aspect i know about the crime aspect not saying that this isn't a crime but this mm-hmm. is more of like a a crime for a greater good in some people's eyes but i know about that dirty crime grave robbing there was also um a case of do you know charlie chaplin yeah. Well, this doesn't really count because it didn't happen in America, but he was buried in Switzerland, right? Mm-hmm. And these two dudes in Switzerland decide, hey, we're just going to go rob his grave because I'm sure his wife, the widower or the widow is going to be so excited to pay us money to get Charlie Chaplin's body back. So they went to Switzerland, they dug up his body and then they buried him in like a cornfield somewhere and then started contacting the wife of like, hey, I'm literally, I've got your body. Like, what do you want? I want $600,000. You want the body back like let's make a little deal and she said no so she was telling everyone like charlie chaplin my husband who is now dead would have thought that this is ridiculous he would never want me to pay this money so she worked with the police in order to catch the two dudes without ever giving a penny (laughs) and they were caught and here's the crazy thing after they were caught the police were like can you lead us to charlie chaplin's body that you had briefly just you know buried somewhere else for safekeeping while Uh you were trying to get ransom yeah and they were just like making circles around this cornfield they were like what the fuck where did we put the body so it took quite some time but eventually the body Uh. was recovered and he was returned and then his wife made them put a slab of concrete on top so that it would never happen again damn that is a true story yeah and and there's wow. another crazier one in Florida that we'll get into. But anyways, what happens in China? I want to know. <laughs> and also the fact that I said grave robbing and you said, oh, you guys want the body? Like, what else would you get from the grave robbing? Oh, oh, the this soil? Is, oh, honey, this is a total <laughs> different game you're talking about here. Okay. So the Chinese one, it all starts with um, way back in the day. So I don't, I don't think a lot of people are doing that today simply because when you die, yeah. you know, you just burn the body or, you okay, know, there's... Okay. Can you say cremate? <laughs> cremate, yes, exactly. Yeah, there's okay. not much to rob. But back in the days when you're rich, mm-hmm. when you die, it's a huge ceremony. A lot of time people will throw, put your jewelries oh my and gosh. a lot of valuables into the grave with you. So we call it peizang. It's like, it's your belongings. Mm. I, I don't know the exact reason behind it. Maybe they want you to bring it to the other world to spend. Or to, to spend? Keep, yeah, you use as your money or you wear it. So like in the afterlife, I will show up in heaven or hell, uh, depending on do you like me or not. <laughs> yeah. And I'll just be decked out, iced out. Yeah, yeah, you can wow. say that. Yeah. Okay. Now, that's pretty common. Like anybody mm-hmm. who's rich, mm-hmm. they will throw, keep all your jewelries in there. Now, if you're a emperor, what emperor? is it? Emperor? If you're an emperor, yeah. holy shit. So, you know the the famous, um, the terracotta? Yeah, the terracotta soldiers. Yes. Oh, I took history class. <laughs> what do you know about it? I know that they were just like in there. <laughs> can you? Expose me like that. That the so okay. <laughs> the dynasty yeah, yeah. would make these soldiers to protect them in the yes. afterlife. Yes. 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 <clears throat> so there's a huge belief on in afterlife in yes. you know these things. So a lot of emperor. emperor. I can't say that word. Emperor. <laughs> How do you say it in Mandarin? Emperor Huangdi. Just say Huangdi. No, no, no. Emperor. emperor. <laughs> a lot of emperor before they die, they yes. will spend a lot of money and energy. They will find a spot first. So mm. they will hire these uh, seasoned, I don't know what to call them. They will use all sorts of shit to find you a spot. That's the mm. best feng shui 
when you die. So like real estate is location, yes, location. Yes, yes, yes. There you go, location. <laughs> okay. So they would find the location <laughs> and then they would start digging, right? They would dig a huge, huge, huge area of land and then they will build these very intricate rooms mm -hmm. underground. Legend has it there's even castles and freaking all sorts of stuff building underground and then they will build these soldiers to protect them mm -hmm. and that was only by one imp imp emperor yes they will throw keep all sorts of gold treasure and everything in there so whenever an emperor dies that seems really tempting though exactly yeah on top of that they already thought about it they know that oh. people is going to come dig it right mm -hmm. that's why there's also a lot of defense mechanisms embedded in there does Shut that make up. sense yes you're talking like a bank safe allegedly there's like poisons in some layers so if you dig what? open that layer poison just come out some layer there's triggers to arrows just shoot at you so nowadays if you watch movies right there's some movies made yeah. about it it's so crazy because they will go on there and you just see a huge castle underground and then there's just arrows shooting at you there's rock turning to soldiers and people there's chasing rock after. turning into soldiers and then these rock soldiers chase after you yeah you yeah yeah that's okay. that's movies <laughs> yeah but truth is there are a lot of things they built mm -hmm. into it just yes. to defend it so Today, there are still some people robbing it. A few years ago, there's, there was a huge group getting caught by the police. For grave robbing. Yes. They got all the stuff that they ro oh. robbed from, from, um, from the grave. The what? amount of stuff that they got, they say the historical value in those oh, is equivalent to a museum. So they were robbing like ancient graves, like not yeah. like, oh, no, 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 your no, brother's no. dead. Like, no, let's okay. Go. So nobody robs normal graves. They okay. only rob graves from like freaking hundreds and thousands of years ago. Can you imagine? Oh my God. Like even a spoon come out of it is a fucking piece of history. Well, now that you bring that up, what's the difference between a grave robber working for themselves yes. and like, let's say one of those, those people who will go and like dig bones to learn about the history and then they bring it to a museum and then it gets displayed. Technically, could you say that both are grave robbing? So that's interesting because yeah. back in the days, <laughs> how do I know these stuff? Yeah. There was uh, people in the name of research Mm. will dig up these graves but yeah. the truth is they just want the treasure right here's the most fascinating yes. part to me today the most story that people are writing about is individual robbers right so there's just two people most of the time there are two people so what they do is they tag team right one person dig and go to the bottom the other person standing on top pull up all the soils and he look around making sure nobody sees them <laughs> as the bottom person start digging and bringing up some valuables mm -hmm. and when he's done he will pull the string right yeah to notify the top person to pull him up yeah the top person he already brought up all the treasure <gasps> they don't oh my god oh no oh no don't tell me yeah. don't tell me that yeah. they don't just no they will pull him almost pull him up <gasps> and then release so he will drop to his death and then he will dump all the soil back in and just kill the other person and run away with the treasures. So that's what happens at the beginning, right? And then people quickly start realizing that's really dumb. Nobody want to go down anymore, yeah. right? Today, what would you think would be a good solution to that? Okay, let me think with my little criminal brain, okay? Mm -hmm. Yeah. A good solution would be a ladder. Everyone goes down at once. You, no. can't go. you, okay. have, you don't have all sorts of A three people tools. team. Mm -mm, too many people. Too many people. So too it's got to be two people. Two people. Two, two people, people. They can still kill the person and split the money. A dog. A dog watches. No. A dog so digs. Families. 
Oh no, it's a family operation now. Yes, you have to work with your families so that they don't kill you. I mean, we've talked about some crazy families though. Yeah, but <laughs> usually father and son. Who goes down? The son. The son goes down. <gasps> no dad will leave their son down there. I mean, again, very questionable stuff. But a son could leave their dad down there. A son could leave. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? <laughs> that is really fucking crazy. crazy. I actually heard about Chinese grave digging in a different way, in the sense that I heard that there was a market for people to dig up individual graves of, let's say, like you're like looking for a young woman in her 30s, but she's dead, of course. So you have to look for a corpse who died when she was in her 30s. They'll go, they'll dig them up, and they'll bring them to a family. And now this woman will be buried with their 30-year-old unmarried son who is dead. So they don't want the son to enter the afterlife by himself. So they will dig up a dead body and then bury it with the dead body of the Okay, son. I think, I don't know if that's true or not. That sounds oh. like some um, that's what I read on Reddit? urban legend. <laughs> they said it was like rural areas of China. Yeah, yeah. Practice something Very, like very this. rural. Let's talk about Ed Gein now so this is um really a case that's just i don't want to say fascinating because i know it's a little weird to say that but it's really fascinating in how someone gets to this point and the things that he did and maybe the mental state that he was in because i mean when you hear ed gein you kind of think of him as like the ted bundys of the world the ed kempers of the world the unabombers of the world just these insanely evil people that have hurt dozens of people serial killers he's always categorized with serial killers now, here's the crazy thing. It's up for debate. We don't really know if he's a serial killer. We do know that he is an avid grave robber. We do know that he has murdered at least one person, but we don't know if it's one or two or three. Nobody ever thinks that it's like in the 50s or the 30s or the 40s, like all these other massive American serial killers. His main motivation in life, and you're going to see this from the minute that he's born up until the day that he dies, is the fact that he wants to worship his mom almost he just loves his mom so much it's a mommy issue yeah but not in this sense like when you hear that and you think about serial killers or all these crazy people you think about okay he loves his mom so much his mom was probably abusive so then he went on and he started taking his anger out like ed kemper you know how his mom was so mean that he even put her vocal oh cords into the dish <laughs> garbage disposal in the yeah. sink and then threw darts at her decapitated head remember that yeah yeah, yeah we all remember that so not in that sense of like he was just so filled with rage because of his horrendous mother it was the fact that ed gein wanted to become his mom yeah what does that mean oh yeah Re remember the grave robbing yeah yeah remember the how he's how i said Leatherface was uh based off of him and he had a a face mask made out of human skin but what kind of mentality is that I've, have you ever heard such thing like that? Or no. he's the first one? I mean, he's one of the first ones, one of the few ones. And I mean, I, I did a little bit of digging in the psychology aspect of it. And it's just so weird. So mm. we're going to get into it. Is so, that why he's so fam infamous? Yeah, because I mean, it's not just that, though. I've seen a lot on Google images. I will show you them later. If you guys have the stomach to it, if you Google like all of Ed Gein's house stuff, <laughs> it's um it's intense. He likes to make things out of human human skin anyways continuing on he's a crafty little motherfucker that's what he is he spent way too much time in arts and crafts and he thought that he could just upholster a chair with human skin and thought oh, nobody would notice no. so 
<laughs> let's get into his childhood. So Ed Gein was born in Wisconsin and he was born in a not so great area to really not so great set of parents. And I don't know how these individuals would be without the other partner, but together his mom and his dad was just like this tornado. So his dad's name was George and his mom's name was Augusta. Now, George is very fascinating. So this is the dad. He is the patriarch of the family, but he's not really because it seems like Augusta was in charge of everything. The dad was just the hand that smacked people. So Augusta would say, this is what's going to happen. And then the dad would punish the two sons, depending on what the mom wanted. So he had an older brother by the name of Henry, and they were constantly abused. I mean, it just was really intense, but not, I don't think there was ever signs of sexual abuse. I'm not really sure. I can't be certain, but it doesn't seem like it's a landmark in his childhood right Mm -hmm. now george the dad was an orphan he his entire family died from a flooding of the mississippi river so then this later caused him to just become a raging alcoholic like he was just done with life like life had been too hard it had been too stressful he had an immensely hard time keeping a job he was a carpenter one day then was an insurance salesman the next day he was kind of like a jack of all trades so at one point Augusta, I mean, she just didn't like this. Like, she was a religious woman. And she hated the fact that the man, her husband, kept drinking. She hated the fact that her sons were, like, going to school and hanging out with these people. I mean, none of it was vibing with her. She was the breadwinner. She had this grocery store that she owned. And she decided to sell it and move to a more, quote-unquote, righteous location. So they bought a 155-acre farm. Okay. Yeah, and they just wanted to live in isolation. That's just pretty much what it wanted to be. I mean, Augusta was just a scary, scary woman. So people say that she was verbally abusive towards even her own husband and even in front of people, which back in the day, like, that's crazy. Like, you can see that in 2020 and you could be like, oh, wow, they're fighting. Or like, wow, she's really going at him, right? Mm -hmm. But back in the day, like, it was known for men of the patriarchs of the house. Like, you don't talk to your husband like that. So she was balls to the walls. And George would get drunk and he would come home and he would beat Augusta because that's the only time he had balls. Like, when he was sober he couldn't say anything to augusta he was like i can't do it like i can't stand up for myself you know but then augusta would be like okay you're gonna come home and you're gonna beat me when you're drunk well here's what i'm gonna do she would get onto her hands and knees and pray to god verbally and said god if you're there please kill my husband (laughs) in front of him in front of him in front of the kids their two sons henry and ed that is so weird Yeah, I would say it's an intensely toxic relationship, yes? I mean, one that just is, that's not a good home life. I don't even, like, can you imagine, like, your parents are fighting and your mom is just asking God to strike down her husband? Yeah. Which is why, I mean, listen, if Augusta were around today, I would say to her, or if George was around, I'd say to her, listen, is there something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? <laughs> well, that was a little too smooth, Stephanie Sue. <laughs> so if you guys don't know about BetterHelp, let me tell you about this service that I've been using for, I want to say, multiple years now. I know it sounds kind of crazy, but right now it is a crazy world out there. There's a lot going on. And I know even when we're inside of our houses, there's still a lot going on inside of our minds. BetterHelp is not a crisis line. It's not self-help, but it's a professional counseling that can be done online securely. And you can actually start communicating 
communicating with your counselor in under 48 hours and it's available worldwide so i know there's a lot of people that listen to this podcast that maybe live out of the country or maybe they're studying abroad it's available worldwide and you can actually send a message to your counselor at any time and you'll get a timely and thoughtful response no it's really good because um you know sometimes it's just good that there's a professional that you stephanie can talk to you know yeah. so she doesn't talk my ear off <laughs> <laughs> and i think it also helps because i do have a little bit of an uncomfort or a slight anxiety when i talk to someone in person yeah. so it really helps with that and you can also schedule weekly video or phone sessions and you never have to wait uncomfortably in like a waiting room just in case someone you know also walks in and it's also incredibly easy and free to change your counselors which is great because i mean sometimes you just don't vibe with someone even if they're amazing if you don't click you don't click so they've got you covered on that and it's really affordable more affordable than traditional offline counseling they also have financial aid available don't take it from me they've got tons of testimonials on their website which is at betterhelp.com slash rotten that's better h-e-l-p dot com slash rotten and you can join over a million people taking charge of their mental health right now with help from experienced professionals and the best part is you guys can also get 10% off the first month at betterhelp.com slash rotten thank you BetterHelp, for partnering with us on this week's podcast thank you better help wow that's <laughs> a really good one <laughs> well you really blew it away so i mean yeah toxic love i don't know what else to say she was uh they were both really toxic so they moved to this farm which is probably the last thing you should do when you're in a toxic relationship is like not have any outside contact and just be isolated completely with just this familial unit but that's exactly what augusta wanted because she wanted more control over her sons she just was on this pure war path against sinning and everything was a sin to augusta so they moved to this farm and she didn't want anyone to influence her son so all they were allowed to do was leave for school and they would immediately have to come home they could never have friends over they could never go hang out with friends nothing they would just do chores around the house and the reason for this was because augusta says she had to protect her kids from all the whores the whores (laughs) the whores got some hoes in this okay, house okay. yeah like all the hoes yeah so then they'd come home from school and How then old a, are they? like this started when they were in elementary school like she was obsessed with the fact that this was her belief that women were naturally prostitutes and instruments of the devil except augusta herself <laughs> so she's got that real big strange. karen energy for sure like yeah. she truly believed every other female out there was just a nasty bitch and she was just on the path of purity and, and that's they're what she, out to get her son yeah and that's what she taught her boys and so every day they'd come home from school they would have these afternoon bible study sessions and she would just ingrain into their brain non-stop number one the evil of drinking number two women are all prostitutes except for augusta herself and she would also read them bible verses that had to deal with like death murder divine retribution which is essentially like supernatural punishment like what happens to you when you die like every Everything, all of your actions on earth are now going to be punished for in the afterlife. Like she would only read these verses. Like she would never give them like a glimmer of hope, you know, because the Bible's got lots of hopeful verses. But she was like, none of that. Not in this house. She was so intense to the point where Ed had determined at a pretty young age that he wanted to die a virgin, (laughs) which is a really big commitment to make. So there is a lot of people like specifically in like the Catholic Church. I believe there's 
Buddhism deals with this, just complete celibacy, oh, right? Okay, okay, yeah. But it was more for his mom, less for religion, which I find to be alarming. Like it's one thing to do it for this bigger faith that you carry, right? But it's another thing to be like, you know what, mom, you're right. Like I'm never gonna find happiness, and I will die a virgin because you told me to. So does he love her, his mom? Or? He loves his mom. He, oh my gosh, the amount of love that he has from his mom, even with all the abuse. Yeah. He just loved her so much. It just was weird. Yeah, so he wanted to die a virgin um, in order to really fully devote himself to his mom. He was fighting this with his natural attraction to women. He was kind of in a in a in between a rock and a hard place, right? So it just was a lot for this dude. Now, the mom would do a lot of crazy things. She said that if she ever saw the two sons doing anything remotely sinful, like even if she was walking across them and she saw them even thinking about something. She was like, "Are you thinking about a girl? Are you thinking about some whore?" And she would come over with some boiling water and throw it on top of them. Like she was really really mean what the fuck don't they get burned yeah and when i say mean i mean abusive right <laughs> so how's the brother the brother turns out i don't want to say normal but the brother didn't really love his mom like that like mm. the brother just felt like she was abusive and he kind of wanted to get away from her she just wasn't the best mm. like he just had a very normal reaction to the abuse of like god i can't wait to get out of here one day like this this sucks right yeah and their social life was very slim like they didn't have any friends especially ed a lot of people even when he was at school he, it was very difficult for him to make friends because they said that he had these strange mannerisms like he just was very off-putting for all of these school kids and when they were asked about it they said you know he would just randomly laugh really loudly in the middle of class and we'd be like what's so funny and he would say that he was laughing at his own jokes which i mean i don't feel like that's that scary it must be really creepy laughs then <laughs> or he must just have really funny jokes <laughs> in his head <laughs> you know <laughs> So he would just laugh and they would be very scared by this. I mean, I think it's one thing for, I guess, maybe a popular kid to be like laughing at their own jokes or like the the what do you call it? The class clown. But I guess it's another thing when like the person who never talks is just laughing in the corner all the time. Yeah. I guess it would be a little bit concerning. So whenever he did try to make friends at school, his mom would punish him and he, she would just be like, you're not going to freaking do that. Like you're letting sin into your life. Is that what you want? And he'd be like, I guess that's not what I want. And then she'd be like, yeah, you don't want that dirty sin in your life. And he's like, <laughs> I was just talking to Kevin. Like, I don't know how he's dirty sin, but OK. Sounds so weird. good. Why, why is the mom like that? I think she had lots of mental issues. I th definitely think she had some sort of weird controlling need. Mm, right and she just hated the fact that Henry, her oldest son, was very similar to her father. So she gets into this marriage with George and obviously they don't like each other, right? And she felt like, okay, I'm only going to be happy in this marriage if I give birth to a child. So she gives birth to Henry and she's like, wow, I'm still miserable in this marriage. Okay, this is only going to work if I give birth to a baby girl. So then she gives birth again, but it was another son. So mm -hmm. a lot of people say that she almost treated him like she would treat a daughter and kind of molded him to be a lot more not so boyish which again i feel like just doesn't apply in 2020 terms you get it but like she didn't really want him to go out and play like a little boy she wanted him to just be next to her non-stop like just very meek very quiet which is what mm. back in the day girls were treated as not so much these days but back in the day right 
Interesting. So that's how she kind of wanted to raise him. And even regardless of all of this social issues that he was having and the abuse at home, he did really well in school, especially reading. Like he was an avid reader, so he was he was doing good academically. All these serial killers do really well in school, huh? Yeah, it's kind of scary, but yeah. maybe that's why they get away with it. So then the dad, George, he ends up dying at 66 years old from heart failure. And now this is when Henry and Ed, they had to pick up a bunch of odd jobs to help pay with the bills. So Ed and Henry would go around and they would essentially just be handyman. So they were described as the neighborhood for being honest and reliable. Like they just were good dudes. Nobody was scared of them. Nobody was like, oh my God, they're going to jip us. They're going to scam us. They're going to freaking, you know, do this to us. Like everyone was like, hey, call those two brothers. If you need anything, they're great. Mm-hmm. And Ed, he said you know more than being a handyman i really like to be a babysitter so he was like the town's babysitter like the go-to babysitter and he really liked it because he related more to the children than he did the adults which again i'm like oh my god that's so scary 2020 that's uh (laughs) yeah but also (laughs) i mean just imagine growing up and then you learn that you were actually babysat by this person oh, yeah. i just don't know what that would do to all of these kids psyches and their trauma afterwards i'm sure there's got to be some trauma associated with it even if he didn't hurt them or touch them or anything like that there's just yeah. a weird fear like an unsettling feeling right and so after the dad dies ed and his mom become even closer like they are just inseparable the way that people would describe it seemed as if ed's mom was ed's first love and only friend like first love not in the creepy incest way but genuinely like in the way that i mean i don't really know how it's not incestuous and creepy but they were trying to say it in like a cute enduring way when they were just all a little bit alarmed like it wasn't just a mother-son love no it was real deep like they were constantly together like he was in his 30s and they would just constantly be together every day yeah uh Hmm. It's weird. And so Henry, the older brother, he starts dating a divorcee. And he was like, listen, I'm going to move in with this woman because we love each other. We're going to get married. I don't care what you say, mom. I know you think divorce is bad, but fuck you. I'm moving out. Right. And he was trying to tell Ed, like, you need to move on with your life. Like, what are you doing here? You're not going to get anything out of this farm. You're not going to get anything out of being mommy's little bits. Like, get out of here. Start your own life. You need to start your own family. And he would even drop in these little hints of like, you know, mom's not as great as you think like mom does this mom does this she's she's evil she's abusive remember when she hit us when we were young blah 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 and ed would get so mad at henry he would just be like don't talk about mom like that and it just seemed like that was the amount of times that he would show intense emotion the rest of the times he was relatively shy and calm and just a reliable dude but he would get just very very upset when his brother would shit talk his mom Henry ends up dying. <laughs> what? Wait, wait, who? The brother, the older brother. So four years after the dad's death, you know how I said that they were doing all these odd jobs and Henry was getting ready to move out? They decided to burn a bunch of like just random shit on their property. And it's it's normal to do it apparently back in the day to just burn this vegetation to get rid of it and then they would start fresh. And so they were burning it and then more ash got on fire and then it just kind of got out of control. So all the neighbors called the fire department. They get there in time. They put out the fire and then they leave. Now, immediately after they leave, Ed goes back to the fire department and the police department and is like, wait a minute, my uh, my brother's missing. Henry's missing. And they're like, what? So they come back out to the property and they do a massive search party and they find Henry laying face down and he had been dead for some time and he wasn't burnt. 
So he did not burn to death. He was not impacted by the fires. He was nowhere near the fire when it happened. It said that he died from heart failure, but people did note that he was found with bruises on his head. He was not injured, though. So there was no, like, gunshot wound. There was no stab wounds. There was no defensive marks of, like, you know, a crazy fight or struggle that happened. But he had bruises on his head. So what could it be? But the police were like, well, it's probably nothing. So they had no evidence that anyone had anything to do with it. And these bruises were a little bit random. So they were just like, let's close the case. So the coroner actually listed the cause of death as asphyxiation, as like he choked or something, right? And they never performed a proper autopsy. So he just like died. Now, tons of people suspected that this was Ed's first murder and it, the inspiration was Cain and Abel and I don't really know if I'm pronouncing that right but he studied the Old Testament of the Bible almost every single day with his mother uh-huh. now there's a chapter called Genesis in the Bible and the first two sons of Adam and Eve were named Cain and Abel now Cain was the older one and he was a farmer Abel was a shepherd and Cain would go to the Lord and give him some fruit and the Lord would say okay and then Abel would go to the Lord and give him flock, like some of his best animals, because he's a shepherd. Mm-hmm. And the Lord would say, thank you, Abel, for your service or something like that. OK, he regarded Abel, but he disregarded Cain. And this made Cain so jealous, like brimming with jealousy that he brought Abel to the field. Sound familiar? Mm-hmm. He brought Abel to the field and killed him. Mm. And the punishment was that he was to become a restless wanderer. I mean, it's a very poetic punishment, but people suspect maybe he was so obsessed with his mom that even though his mom and Henry didn't have an amazing relationship, that even just an inkling of that love towards Henry was love he could have been getting. Interesting. So nobody thought it was the mom who did it or... Because she ended up having a stroke afterwards. What? Yeah, so she had a stroke shortly after Henry's death and it left her partially paralyzed. So he just was, yeah, Ed was like, I'm going to devote my life to my mom now, like for real, like this is the test. And so he would sit there every day with her and just just tend to her every minute of his life. Now, Augusta, was she like, oh, my God, thank you so much for doing this for me? No, she was incredibly abusive while she's laying there and can't do shit for herself. And I'm saying this because of how mean she was, right? She would call him an ab- like a failure. She'd be like, you are a weak little bitch. You are just like your dad. You're a failure and you're never going to get anywhere without me. But then you're thinking, okay, well, how does Ed live with this? You know, everyone's got a reaching point where they just tip over and they just explode. And they're like, you're not the woman I thought you were. Like, you're not the mom that I thought you were, right? But she was really good at handling Ed. So she would do this for multiple days. And then all of a sudden she would call him. She would call him a good boy. A good boy. He's like 30, okay? And she would allow him to sleep in the same bed as her. But they wouldn't get it on. So I couldn't find any reports that suggested that their relationship was physically incestuous. (laughs) But she would say, good boy, and like come to bed. Yeah, I talked to my dog like that. (laughs) So it's a little weird. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so she would just... It's already weird when you talk to your dog like that. What do you mean? (laughs) and so she would let him sleep in her bed it's very weird so how did you find are these information shared by him 
eventually so a lot of it was shared by him and a lot of it was shared by like neighbors like townspeople yeah but he was really open like he wasn't really someone who was trying to get away with anything after the fact if that makes any sense so to him that was such a great reward yeah like to him that was to sleep with mommy to to share a bed with mommy was um his life's greatest accomplishment he would think yeah uh-huh oh, which man. speaking of i want to talk about accomplishment that i recently had real quick not to toot my own horn not to just pat myself on the booty cakes okay but i have been in this struggle it has been an intense struggle of finding vitamins i mean you could ask my fiance there was a point in time where i would amazon like 20 different vitamins a day yeah <laughs> tell them how many bottles too many bottles i am like 24 now i need to get some vitamins probably a multivitamin there is no amount of freaking salads and green juices i can drink that will get me my full daily dosage of vitamins and i was really becoming like a little vitamin chemist and i have no qualification to do that which is why i have been obsessed with ritual listen we all want to do the right thing we want to keep our bodies healthy in the long run yes but even if we try really hard to eat kale salads okay we're still probably not getting all of the essential nutrients that we need on a daily basis so ritual is amazing because because it's an obsessively researched vitamin for women. They actually recently came out with their men's line. The way that it works is that there's no shady additives or ingredients that can do any harm to your body. That's amazing because I hate reading all of these labels and like trying to Google like what's what, how much of what I need, you know. And it comes in two easy to take capsules that provide nine nutrients that you need to support a strong foundation for your health. It's got these like little mint tabs in each one so that when I take it, I feel that minty freshness and i'm ready for the day they also have a no nausea capsule design so it's really gentle on an empty stomach no more just like shoving it into your mouth in between a meal and then feeling like that weird aftertaste that's really common with most omega-3s it's for the beginner if you don't want to read anything about it you get it or it's for the obsessive label readers because once you read it you're like wow this is amazing it's vegan friendly it's sugar-free non-gmo gluten-free and allergen free it's only a dollar a day to have all of the essential nutrients your body needs delivered every single month no strings attached better health does not happen overnight and right now ritual is offering you guys 10 percent off during your first three months so you fill in the gaps of your diet with essential for women a small step that helps support a healthy foundation for your body visit ritual.com rotten to start your ritual today that's 10 percent off during your first three months at ritual.com rotten thank you ritual for partnering with us on today's podcast he's just taking care of her and then she's like listen we need to get some straw for our farm and so he's like okay i know this local man by the name of smith and he sells straw let's go you and me mummy so they get into a car yeah like like hey not like a plastic straw like like, can i get a straw with my drink no 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 like hey right so they go to a man by the name of smith now once they get to his property to purchase said straw you know augusta gets out of the car and she witnesses smith beating a dog to death yeah wait so who is beating a dog smith the, the straw dealer the person that they're trying to buy some straw from so he's seen beating a dog to death 
Oh, okay. Yeah, we've got a lot of horrendous characters in today's story, yeah? yeah? So then while he's beating this dog to death, a woman comes out of the house and she starts yelling at Smith to stop. She's like, stop beating the dog. You're going to kill it. You're going to kill it. And then he ends up killing the dog. Now, on their way home... um. Ed realizes that his mom is really upset. So at first, of course, he's like, you know, dogs go to heaven. You know, he's like trying to make up some shit because, you know, his mom's so upset. She's traumatized by this. Who wouldn't be like you and I are both like, what the heck? He just beat up a dog to death. And she says, wow, that's that's disgusting. I mean, not the dog who cares about the dog. But did you see that woman? They're not married. What was she doing in his house? She shouldn't be in his house if they're not married. How does she know they're not married? She knew. Word on the town is Smith is an unmarried man. So she would constantly call her Smith's harlot. She would just bring it up like they'd be having breakfast in a week. And then she'd be like, oh, my God, I wonder how Smith's little hoe is doing. And oh it was just God, she, she was so crazy. She was so angry. What she literally fuck? gave no forks about the doggy death. Meanwhile, my dog is just passed out next to me. He has no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. Tiger, you don't want to know. <laughs> okay, so she has no care about the doggy death. She's just so upset that there was an unmarried relationship going on inside of that house. And so soon after, she was so angry that she had her second stroke. Yeah, uh-huh. And then afterwards, her health just obliterated. Like, it just deteriorated, and she ended up dying. Now, by this point, Ed Gein was 39 years old, and he was completely devastated, and he was alone. So up until this point, I mean, we just have to notice the fact that Ed had no social life, first of all, but he also had no relationship with women. He doesn't even know what it's like to talk to a female. He doesn't really understand it. He wouldn't even know how a relationship would work with a female. And mm -hmm. some people Will actually say that they're kind of glad that maybe he didn't try to venture off into that because maybe he could have gone a different route and became a serial killer and taken out anger towards women that he later started dating because maybe they weren't reciprocating or anything like that because we've seen that happen before so he just was all alone all he knew was his mom all he knew in companionship and anything was his mom i mean yeah. his mom was his life so what he does immediately is that he boards up all of the rooms that his mom spent a lot of time in so her bedroom the sitting parlor mm -hmm. such a fancy word this must be like end of the world for him right oh yeah yeah so he boards up all of these rooms and he never goes inside these rooms and when they were found later it was in pristine condition and the rest of the house ways yeah he boarded up and he never went in himself yeah, yeah. he huh. just wanted to like time capsule it okay and he would spend like this little back room behind the kitchen he turned it into a bedroom and just the kitchen was where he stayed he didn't really try i mean he lived in a he looked the house was it seemed like a hoarder so it just was really really gross kind of dirty just all over the place okay and he never left the farm he just became more isolated the one thing that he did start getting into was he started reading magazines <laughs> and his favorite types of magazines were about cannibals and nazis so um there's magazines about that like subscription to yeah, that yeah 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 <laughs> if you thought playboy was wild you gotta get cannibals are us you know that shit's wild 
I'm not even going to get into the Nazi thing because I, yeah. So he would read these types of magazines. He was very into those. Those were his favorite things. And sometimes he would leave the farm to go to Mary Hogan's Tavern, which is just (laughs) like this bar that Mary Hogan owned. She's the owner of the bar. And he would Uh go and he would get a drink sometimes. Now, people said that he was a little bit weird. So all of the other patrons at this tavern noticed that Ed is a little bit antisocial. He has no social skills. So he doesn't really know Mm -hmm. how to hold a conversation. He's a little bit awkward. Mm -hmm. He's really awkward. But nobody thinks he would do anyone harm. He was, again, just known as like this reliable, honest, awkward mama's boy. That's how he was known in town. Now, one day, Mary Hogan goes missing. And all that people saw Mm -hmm. was that her tavern was left with just a little bit of blood in it. And Mary Hogan was never seen again. So we can suspect that something bad happened to Mary Hogan. And what people noticed is that one day when Ed was at the tavern, because he was still running afterwards, her family had still kept it going. He was talking about Mary Hogan. Everyone's like, what do you think happened to her? What do you think happened? Right. Mm hmm. And Ed said, you know, she's spending the night at my place. And everyone was like, oh, God, that's just such a tasteless joke. Like, Ed, I mean, I don't know if you're too drunk or maybe you just don't have friends to tell you. That's not a funny joke. Why would you joke about something like that? Was he serious? See, nobody thought he'd be serious because how could little Ed hurt anyone? He just was such a harmless person. So everybody took it as just, wow, you really have no social skills to realize that that's not a good joke. So they were just like, okay, what a weirdo, right? And so then they move on. Now the town had another bit of a scare when a hardware shop owner goes missing. Her name was Bernice Warden. And one day her store closed and the next morning it was supposed to be open, but it wasn't open. And so people were like, whoa, what's going on? I mean, when there's only like one hardware store in the town, everyone's going to be like, what the fuck? I need my... What do you buy at a hardware store? Hardware. (laughs) I need my hardware, okay? I am so dumb, okay? So they're like, where the hell is Bernice? I need my hardware. And they were thinking, you know, maybe she closed the store today because it is deer hunting season and most locals go deer hunting, Uh right? Wow, this story is really just not 2020 vibes, yeah? And so then her son, he is a deputy at the police department. He decides to go check up on his mom because everyone was like, hey, what's up with your family? store it ain't open today and he's like what i mean it's supposed to be open so he goes and he checks up on his mom and he realizes that the back door of the hardware store is unlocked which again is very very odd so he enters the store and he finds that the cash register is open there's blood stains on the ground so he starts freaking out now the one thing that he realizes is wait a minute let me check her sales slips like did she not open at all today did she go missing today or what happened you know i Mm -hmm. saw her last night Mm -hmm. and he saw that the last sales slip that she ever wrote was this morning and it was for a sales slip for ed gain for a gallon of antifreeze so obviously ed gets arrested the same day and they go into his barn and he's like okay let's search his farm because maybe bernice is there maybe he's holding her captive maybe he's a little weirdo and so they look and they look and there was something called a summer kitchen outside of his house which i guess he would cook in the kitchen it's kind of like a little shed right Mm -hmm. and that's when they find Bernice, completely naked, hanging upside down with a crossbar at her ankles, ropes at her wrist, completely decapitated. They couldn't see her head anywhere. Oh, my God. And all of her organs were out. And the way that her organs were taken out was less of... um, 
less of like disembowelment vibes and they said it was in the very similar fashion of how you would take out the organs of a deer so there's a specific word for it so when you go hunting and maybe let's say you are not like you're setting up camp and you shoot down a deer you're like this is this deer is going to feed me and whoever i'm camping with for the next couple of days you have to immediately cut them down in a very almost surgical process around the chest and take out all of their organs because the organs heat keeps heat in and mm-hmm. heat causes bacteria on the meat which mm. causes you to get sick so it's very very time sensitive so you have to take out all of these organs and there's almost like a a process to doing that which is very different from a frenzied disembowelment type of vibe right uh-huh. so that's um that's what he did to bernice was he trying to so then they go inside ed's house and this is where the house of horrors they go in and they find a shit show. I mean, I I don't even I don't know what to say. They find nine faces on the wall. Like almost embedded into the wallpaper. They find a the trash humans. basket made completely out of human skin. They find chair seats that were upholstered using human skin. They find leggings like, you know, Lululemon. Yeah. Like leggings made out of human skin. Oh, my God. They find human skin masks. So it seemed like someone had very carefully somehow skinned like one of those Halloween masks. You know what I mean? But yeah. real people. There was a bunch of those laying around. A bunch of those. Yeah. There was also a lampshade. You know, lamp shades, like the lamp, the outside, a lot of it's made out of fabric, but it was made out of the face skin. And you could actually still see parts of the face, like the nose and like the parts where the eyes would go. And he made a lampshade out of it. Why is he like that? (laughs) It gets worse when you find out his motive. And I'm not laughing because it's funny. I'm laughing because my fiance's physical reaction right now. (laughs) And like you guys need to know that sometimes my fiance munches on almonds while I (laughs) tell the story. And almost halfway through every podcast, the almonds are down. They're not coming back up. (laughs) He's not eating them anymore. Okay. And then the corset. He made a corset out of someone's torso so the way that a corset works is you know those like waist trainers for back in the day i mean they still use them Uh and it's supposed to keep women like thin looking around the waist Uh and the tools to a really good corset is what's called a boning so they have like i don't know what it's made out of i think back in the day it was made out of real bones of animals i think but these days it's just like heavy duty wires that Mm -hmm. keep you in frame like it's not just fabric that's Mm. super tight right and he had made a corset out of a woman's torso like like from using her shoulder and her waist bones and kept her skin but you could get into it so it's not like he just cut off her upper body upper upper torso and kept that around but he made it so that you could wear her he made gloves out of human skin and there weren't even mittens so he did every finger you know, like how mittens, they just have like a little ball that you put all your fingers into. Yeah. No, but he was like, let me get all the individual fingers. You saw pictures of these? Oh, yeah. There were nine faces on his wall as decoration. Mm-hmm. Who are um, these people? He made a shirt, a long sleeve shirt out of human skin. And he had also sewed on breasts onto that shirt. Yep. So what? 
the hell is going on? He's trying to wear a human skin suit. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So that he could be his mom. He that was, was trying all to his rec- mom. No, it wasn't his mom. It was other middle-aged women. Oh, oh yeah. My God. It gets worse. His um, he made these bowls, like soup bowls, out of human skulls. So he would cut off the top part of the skull, and then he would sand the skulls down. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Uh huh. He was a real crafty son of a fucker, son of a bitch. Literally. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So he made bowls out of human skull. He also, you know how his bedpost, you know how people have bedpost? He put skulls on the bedpost. Yeah. I mean, there were real skulls. He made a belt made from human nipples. A belt? Yeah, I'm not lying. How does that work? Like, like nipple attached to another nipple. That many nipple? That many nipples until it all connected with like a belt buckle. What does that buckle use? <laughs> Yeah, so oh lots God. of um, lots of nipples used on that one. He had nine vaginas in a shoebox, like just nine vaginas in a shoebox. Again, I'm really disgusted. I know my voice doesn't sound like I'm disgusted. This is like unreal. This I know, but I think that's why I'm almost saying it like this because it feels so unreal. Like there's one thing to like saying like, oh my God, then he slashed her throat, you know? Like that feels real. But like to be like, he had nine vaginas in a box. Like just saying it out loud, it's really hard for me to really emotionally connect with what I'm even saying because like who has nine vaginas in a box? A shoebox. Those are his collectibles. Yes. He had four noses, like just four noses cut off from the head in a box. How do things not? Oh, he was really crafty. He was really good at like, I think he called it browning it or something or something about it. Making Uh... sure that the skin doesn't. He really was a leather shop. He was like making human leather. Like he was really good at it. Shit, so you can you can preserve human skin like that? Yeah, like he could have had a whole ass career working for like a Louis Vuitton or like a Hermes making some beautiful bags. But instead he was like, no, I want to I want to do something with human skin. Yeah. <laughs> I know that little what I was just telling you probably made you lose your appetite. Yes, a little bit. A hundred percent. But let me tell you about something that never fails to get my appetite going. And that is daily harvest. Listen, I have spent so much time in the kitchen recently. We've had our exploding whipped coffee. I mean, these jalapeno takis I've been trying to eat here and there have been giving me some really bad action in the, the bathroom department. And I've just been really ambitious with all of this prep. And I just feel like that's not what it's about. I want to keep it easy, which is why I've been obsessed with daily harvest. Not cooking has never felt or tasted so good in my entire life to the point where, listen, I get daily harvest shipped to our house on a weekly basis because it delivers delicious food straight to your door and it's built on organic fruits and vegetables and it only takes a few minutes to prep. You never really have to question like, is the food that I'm eating even good for me? Like, am I going to get this afternoon slump that I hate so much? Not with daily harvest because there's no preservatives, added sugar or artificial ingredients and they work directly with the farms to freeze their ingredients at peak ripeness to lock in the nutrients it doesn't matter if you like smoothies oat bowls chia bowls harvest bowls their lentil and tomato bolognese i mean that is like something that i will eat five times a day i will never get sick of that one they've got flatbreads 
but are they just regular flatbreads? No, you can get cauliflower, you can get broccoli, you can get sweet potato. They've got ice cream scoops, they've got freaking snack little bites. You can get all of them at Daily Harvest and everything stays in your freezer until you're ready to enjoy it. It also helps with reducing food waste. I get it shipped to my door every single week, but I also get it shipped to my dad who's in Georgia because he cannot cook for his life and my mom's staying with us so his food source is gone so I was like here's some daily harvest you're good now and honestly he loves it too and he is like an older Korean man who has probably never had an old bowl in his life but he's like I don't know what that is but it's delicious <laughs> so if you guys are like me you need that break from cooking or maybe you just want to have some delicious clean food without any prep keep it simple at dailyharvest.com and use the promo code rotten to get $25 off your first box that's promo code rotten to get $25 off your first box at dailyharvest.com use promo code rotten thank you daily harvest <laughs> for sponsoring today's podcast maybe they can sponsor some singing lessons next <laughs> Now that I just got your appetite going, I'm going to kill it again. He had, you know how when you have those window shades, you also have the string that attaches to it and you just kind of like plop it to close it. and Made out of hair. <laughs> Whoa, no, you creeper. Um, there was just like a pair of lips attached to it. A pair of lips <laughs> yeah, attached to what? Like the, the string part of your window shade. So he pulls the lip to yeah. close the curtain. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What does that even look like? Did you see the picture? I that? did not see this window lips. Yeah. Wow. He had whole bone fragments hanging around. They found a fridge filled with organs. They don't so know. When he's yeah. like decorating the house. He's like humans. Yeah. Like that was his vibe. The designer was like, so how many humans do you want to live here? He was like, yes. Because we can't be making jokes like this. We cannot this be is making crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Okay. And they found a bunch of organs inside of his fridge. They don't know if he was trying to eat them. They don't know if it was just like, oh shit, I don't know what to do with all of this because I just wanted the skin. Like we don't really know yet. And there was roughly counting all of like the lampshades, the chairs, and all of these things, the skulls, the soup bowls made out of skull bones. You get it. There was about roughly fifteen bodies inside of his house. Now obviously he gets questioned because they're like um did you kill 15 people like what the fork is going on how many people are in there yeah. how many people are dead now and he said whoa 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 i did not kill anyone so for the past 12 years since my mother has died uh i made a friend at a local cemetery by the name of gus and he would help me dig up these graves late at night and i would just bring them home and i would do stuff with them like i would make these little things and they'd be like did you have sex with the graves like the police had to ask right yeah. not with the graves with the corpses right yeah and he said no no they were too smelly like it wasn't even like no they're dead people he was like no they're too smelly but he was still considered a necrophiliac because he loved dead people mm. Yeah. So whether he sexually did anything with them is a different story, right? And he said that in the past 12 years, he made about 40 visits to different grave sites, the local three grave sites. And he only took about maybe like 10 bodies is what he said. 
Okay, what about the rest of the people in there? You so there was, them? yes, there was like, no. Well, okay. So the reason that he said he only took about 10 bodies is that this is, these are his words and not mine. He said it's really hard to grave dig because you need to have fresh skin in order to do the things that I'm doing. Like if someone has been decomposing for too long, if they're just skull and bones, I can't do anything. If they also have old decomposed skin, it's not stretchy and skin needs to have moisture in order to become chair leather. Um, so he would go after obituaries of middle-aged women who had recently passed because they also tiger (laughs) so he said that he would have to find these obituaries of middle-aged women who had recently passed so that they could resemble his mom and he would take their bodies home and he would use their skin because he was making the ultimate suit he wanted to make a mom suit a mom suit. So that's why he had that long sleeve shirt, those leggings, those gloves, those breasts attached to the shirt. He had a plethora of vagina to choose from, I guess. Like he wasn't saving those vaginas to do sexual things to them. He was saving oh it as God. like a build your own Sims experience, you know, like build your own Barbie type of shit. He was debating which vagina he wanted to attach to the suit. And he said that it was complete to the point where he would actually be able to go into a full body suit. So he had that mask that he would put on his head. He had the leggings. He had the shirt. He had the belt, the nipple belt. Wait, so he didn't use any parts of his mom? No. Huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I think maybe like the rest in peace thing, maybe. Or maybe, maybe it has been too long. Yeah. That the... <gasps> You know? Yeah, so then he would go into that suit and he would dance around his farm at night pretending to be a small. And some days he would sleep in his skin suit. Now, there were two bodies that were identifiable that were found. So the way that they did it is they couldn't confirm other than through ed that these were not murders so ed led them to every single grave and they dug up these graves again Mm -hmm. and they realized that the parts that he said he took from each grave were indeed missing so we can assume that he didn't kill any of them right other than bernice and mary hogan so they find bernice's body like we said hanging upside down they later find her head in a burlap sack and the head was it was strange because it had nails attached all over it and they asked him like why did bernice's head have nails attached all over and he said oh i wanted to hang her up on the wall like just so casually like as if you bought a new painting it was like yeah i just i mean yeah i was gonna hang her up her heart was in a plastic bag near his stove and mary hogan the tavern owner her face mask was in a paper bag and when i say face mask i mean you know how we explained face masks right not hashtag skincare okay but like you know hashtag murder and her skull was also in a back in a box because the skull is now separate from her face mask keep that in mind and at first he admitted to shooting her till she died and then he later denied any memories of that so that one's kind of up in the air right let's talk about the trial so during the initial questioning all of his confessions to everything that he had done were actually inadmissible in court because Sheriff Shelley, who was the sheriff at the time, assaulted Ed during the interrogation. He grabbed his head and banged his face to a brick wall, <laughs> which he was just angry. 
he was just traumatized the sheriff saw everything ed did and i think it was a moment of just i'm not even a sheriff anymore like this is human to human anger Mm. right type of moment is how people phrase it it didn't seem like sheriff shelley had like a reputation for being like a bad cop Mm -hmm. um so his initial confession was completely inadmissible officer shelley ended up dying at only 43 years old before the trial even happened because first of all he had to testify at trial and a lot of his friends said that he was so scared to testify there was just this fear inside of him and they also said that he was genuinely just horrified at what he had seen inside of ed's house of horrors like that was something that he couldn't get out of his brain so they think that even though legally heart attack was his cause of death Mm -hmm. they say that he's just another victim of ed Oh, do you want to see some photos of Ed Gein's chair? I do. Okay. <laughs> Is it bad? I mean, it's it's weird because you're not going to get as grossed out as you think. And mm. I think it's because our brain can't really understand that that's made out of human skin. It mm. looks like something you would see at like one of those prank stores. So like if you were to sit there and really tell your brain, no, this is a real human, then I think that you would start feeling things. But if you just were to look at it, it's just nasty. Like you're just kind of like, but um, here you go. That's the lampshade. That's no way. This looks unreal. Can I see? Yeah. This is not real. Is this real? Yeah. Okay. There you go. Let me show you the belt. Are these real? Yeah. Like I said, he was an arts and craftsy motherfucker. So, wait, wait, wait. Yes. Just to follow up on your thought earlier, what happened to the cop? The co- you said the cop died. Yeah, he died. From the trauma? I mean, that's what his friends say. Like, mm. legally speaking, he died from heart failure. Mm. So, we can't really say that he died from trauma, right? Okay. But also, I do want to say, listen. What happened during the court? Oh, We'll get into it. Don't look up these photos just because I seem very nonchalant to them. I think it's because I've spent so many hours poring over research that I've seen these so many times. And I think like the first initial time, if you've got a weak stomach, don't do it. I highly advise against it. You will get the full picture without even looking at it. Like you don't need to go and Google it. Yeah, yeah. Right? So let's talk about his formal charge. So he's formally charged for one count of murder for Bernice because, I mean, they don't really know. I don't know why he wasn't tried for Mary Hogan's case, to be honest. And he testified or he pleaded not guilty by reason of insanity, which in this case, I mean, when most killers try to testify that entire by reason of insanity thing, I'm like, okay, shut the fork up, sit your ass down, like you getting tried, bitch. Mm -hmm. But this one I'm kind of like, huh? I mean, like, you really... So what did they do? So he was diagnosed with schizophrenia and he was found mentally incompetent and he was sent immediately to a state hospital. Now, he's going to spend about nine years in that state hospital when finally the doctors are going to be like, wow, he is now competent to stand trial. So Ed requests that for his trial for the murder of Bernice that he doesn't have a jury. So the judge says, okay. So it's just going to be the judge making the shots, like mm-hmm. calling the shots. Mm-hmm. So he goes, he says, listen, I don't even know what happened in Bernice's death like I just remember I went to a hardware store and she you know was like trying to sell me this gun and I was trying to practice loading the gun and I put the bullet in the gun and then the gun went off like it discharged and I don't remember anything else I don't even remember aiming the gun at her I don't think it was intentional like he he seemed confused he was like I remember that I put a bullet in the gun because she told me to like 
look at the gun because I was going to buy it from her. Mm -hmm. And I don't remember aiming at her, but I do remember the gun going off. And then I don't remember anything else. So that's what he said. And the first trial, the judge said that he was guilty. Mm -hmm. And then he asked for a retrial, which he got. And then the judge ruled him not guilty by reason of insanity. But he was still sent to live out the rest of his days in a state hospital for the criminally insane. Mm-hmm. So the house. Now the house, there was a lot of debate of what to do with it. The locals hated it because it caused a lot of tourists to come from just, tourists. Yeah, all oh different areas God. of the state to just come peep on through to be looking, looking, looking through the windows, you know, doing all of that. <laughs> and they hated it. And so there was a lot of debate about what to do for it. Like, are we going to sell it? Is this what's going to happen? Do we, if we sell it, do we make the new owner promise that they're going to like run down the house, right? Because these are very important. And while these decisions were made, the house burnt to the ground. Now, it was suspected to be arson, but they never really found the person who did it. Now, the car. The car is also really important. So he had the car that he transported every grave robbery corpse from the grave to his house. And a carnival owner bought it for about $6,000 today's time and would charge kids 25 cents to look inside at the carnival. So, like, Um, imagine being like, Mommy, Mommy, like, can I get some funnel cake? But also, I want to see Ed Gein's murder car. Like, what? (laughs) So that car's still out there. I don't know if it's still out there, but, yeah, that's what he did almost immediately after buying it. I feel like somebody probably still keeping that shit. Yeah, for sure. I don't think it's going to be one of those things where he's they just get rid of it, right? Like, tow it. So then he ends up dying at the age of 77 inside of this state hospital and he was kind of like a model patient everyone said that he was really quiet really shy still loved to read but nothing was really too creepy about him like lots of people who had been around other killers who had done crazy shit Mm -hmm. they said that ed other than he just anytime a female nurse walked by he would look at them like very shocked and googly eyed every time but other than that that's pretty alarming (laughs) but other than that he was relatively harmless so he dies at age 77 Uh and here's the irony of it all he gets buried and people start finding out where he's buried and they start going and they start chipping off little pieces of his gravestone and then essentially the whole tombstone like you know how it says your name and stuff Uh was just stolen what yeah they found it recently in like 2000 something in seattle somebody stole the gravestone yeah they just stole it why i don't know maybe they were like he needs a taste of his own medicine so they just stole it it was found all the way in seattle later and then i think now they found the gravestone yeah I don't know who stole it, but they found the stolen gravestone. Probably selling it somewhere yeah. online. Maybe. Honestly, I wouldn't I wouldn't even doubt that. Now he lives in the same grave, but now it's just unmarked. Huh. Wow. And that's the story of Ed Gein, the guy who inspired Psycho, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Silence of the Lambs, Leatherface, Buffalo Bill. Norman Bates, all of them were inspired by Ed Gein. Yeah, I mean, if we had more time, I could tell you about another grave robber. <laughs> tell us. Really? We okay. got time. We got so, all the time in the world. <laughs> Let me tell you about Carl. <laughs> okay. This happened in Florida. Okay, Florida. Sorry, I just feel the need to repeat Florida. Is this recent? 
this is not recent, but it's it's I mean, it's just weird. Mm -hmm. So Carl. Good old freaking Carl. He was a radiologist in Key West, Florida. Now, he was not born and raised as a Florida man. Mm -hmm. He was German born. He lived in Germany. He had actually a very, very busy life. He was like moving from different. I think there was a war going on at the time. He moves back to Germany when everything's calm. And he gets into his first marriage with a woman by the name of Doris. And they have two kids together. Lovely kids. But one of the daughters ends up dying because of a throat infection. So back in the day, they didn't really have all these like antibiotics and shit. Right. Mm -hmm. So she ends up passing away from a throat infection. And so then he's like, you know what, family, we're going to pack up our bags and we're going to move to freaking Cuba. Cuba. Like, I don't want to be here anymore. Let's go to Cuba. So Doris and their now only daughter moved to Cuba with Carl. And when they get to Cuba, he's like, you know what, family? Like, it's been nice, but I'm actually going to move to the United States by myself. And I will send you guys money because I can't get a job as a radiologist in Cuba for some reason. Like, they won't hire me, but someone in Florida will. So mm -hmm. I'm going to go work for this hospital in Florida and you guys stay here in Cuba. Mm-hmm. Now, what we know, what we need to know about Carl is that ever since he was a young kid, ever since he was a little boy, he's had visions of dead people like he would have dreams of dead people. Now, one of these dead peoples would be an ancestor, like someone in the family. And she would come to Carl and be like, little Carl, little Carl, guess what I have for you? Your one true love. And it would always be this exotic, dark haired beauty. And I'm like, Carl. You're having some wet dreams. That's what that is. You're not having visions of the dead, okay? It would just be like this exotic looking, which like problematic, but whatever. Exotic, dark haired, beautiful woman that was obviously not his wife, Doris. And so he was like, I'm just going to marry my wife, Doris, but whatever. I'm still looking out for my true love, you know. So then he moves to Florida and he's working at the hospital when all of a sudden a woman comes in and her name is Elena. I know it's like Vampire Diaries. I can't. <laughs> so Elena walks into the hospital and she came in with her mom and she's a Cuban and American. She's I guess what you could call exotic looking. I mean, that's such a problematic description of a woman, right? And she had beautiful dark hair and she mm -hmm. was beautiful. She was actually known as a local beauty. Like that's what people know <laughs> her as. Like locals were like, oh yeah, she's really pretty. <laughs> it would be like today's like Instagram famous. Yeah, she was like yeah. Instagram famous back in the day. Like she was beautiful. And mm -hmm. so she was brought into the hospital with her mom because she was feeling a little bit sick. And that's when Carl was like, oh my God, the woman of my dreams. She's been in my, wow, this sounds like 365 days on Netflix. The woman I have been thinking about that I didn't know existed because I am married and with children. But <gasps> this is exactly what the visions were telling me. So mm -hmm. he's like, wow, I need to marry this woman. So there was a lot of problems. He was kind of married. She was also kind of legally married at the time, too. So she was married to a man by the name of Luis Mesa. And he actually ended up leaving her when she suffered a miscarriage. So he was like, bye, bits and moved to Miami, which like Luis, if you're listening to this, He's probably passed by now, but like fork you. Mm -hmm. That's really aggressive. So then Elena, she ends up getting diagnosed with tuberculosis. So back in the day, this was an incredibly fatal disease. I believe even to this day, people do die from tuberculosis. But back then it was like, holy shit, like this is intense, right? And he did everything. Carl did everything to try to cure Elena. He was just doing the most. And one of the things that he did when he would go to her house with expensive gifts, jewelry, clothing 
and he would just profess his love to her every single day. He'd be like, I freaking love you, Elena. And there's no evidence that she accepted or denied. Like there was just no evidence of anything. Right. And so she ends up dying in October Uh and he pays for the funeral. He pays for the funeral. Yeah. He's like family of Elena. I would like to pay for the funeral. And they were like, "Okay, you sucker, whatever. So he pays for the funeral. And then he was like, I would also like to commission commission a mausoleum on top of her grave which is like this building that you go into and you can like what it's like a shelter over the grave i mean it's like for rich people i don't even think rich people have it i feel like it's for like kings and queens and like political people i don't know i don't know who has a mausoleum to themselves okay so he like commissioned a mini mausoleum over her grave and he would visit her every single night and he would sing her her favorite spanish songs he's german by the way so like i I don't know if he speaks spanish or if he learned or if he Uh only knows how to sing this one song right and then remember when i said she died in october Uh well in april about seven months later Uh he decides you know what I kind of want to dig her up. So he goes into the mausoleum and he brings in a little toy wagon that he had bought. Uh And he digs up her body from the coffin and places her in the toy wagon and brings her home. Is she not just is she not just bones now? No, she had decomposing skin. So her bones, he decided to tie them together with piano wire because a lot of them were like getting separated from the other bones. Right. So then he also put glass eyes where her eyes were like her eye sockets. And because her skin was decomposing so badly, he replaced it with silk cloth that he had coated in wax and plastic. Wait, what is he trying to do? Re? construct her Uh uh-huh and he filled her chest cavity because i mean like all of her organs had decomposed and stuff and they were like if they weren't he had taken out the rest well Mm -hmm. he decided to fill up her chest cavity with rags to keep her original shape and what that sounds like to me is that this dude just wanted her to have boobs still honestly that's what i hear when i hear that okay doesn't sound that romantic or anything and then her hair was falling off because she was She was dead. I mean, she's in decomposition process. So then he collected all of the little hairs and made it into a wig and placed it back onto her head. And he dressed her up in expensive clothing with expensive jewelry that he had purchased for her and then placed her in his bed where he would live with her for the next seven years. (sighs) Yeah. He would constantly use like copious amounts of perfume, disinfectant, preserving agents to mask the smell. And one day, Elena's sister had caught wind of like what was going on because a neighbor had seen carl dancing with elena's corpse in his living room through the Uh, window and they were like oh my god i am a woman in the window and i'm seeing some shady shit right now so the police came and they arrested him that had been seven years now by that time the statute of limitations at the time i mean i don't know how the laws are now because i don't really look up like corpse laws on a daily basis but if i did i'd probably know the answer but i don't so the statute of limitations ran up because it had been seven years so the police were like we can't really do anything and they dropped the charges And so Elena, afterwards, she was studied by physicians, by pathologists. She was actually on public display at a funeral home. And 6,800 people came to see her because they wanted to see what Carl did to Elena. So obviously, she was not even respected by the people who took her bodies afterward, right? Uh-huh. She later was buried in a secret unmarked grave. And the public, the general public was not really that mad at Carl. 
Is is it because they think that Carl just really loves yeah, her? Yeah, so they thought it was kind of romantic, even though there was um, a little bit of evidence of necrophilia because he had ah. inserted a cavity to her vagina to make it... Um, to be able to do something with it but it's not like a hundred percent confirmed like he didn't confirm it but i mean why would you use that right so there is evidence of necrophilia but nobody really i guess talked about it back when this happened so everyone was like that's kind of romantic and then he decided to buy a life-size commissioned doll that looked exactly like elena and he lived with her until he was 75 years old and died yeah, and he had nobody else in his life. Obviously, his daughter and Doris, his first wife, aren't really that interested in what's going on over there. So he was actually discovered on the floor of his home three weeks after his death. Like, nobody came looking for him. And the rumor, there's a rumor, an urban legend almost, that he had paid a ton of people to switch the two bodies. And allegedly, he actually lived with Elena's real body till he died. You think just that's a love? Oh, but he also died, like, right next to her life-size doll body. Yeah. Well, or her alleged real doll, her real body. Wow. I don't think it's love. I think it's mental what? illness, probably. I don't think that's love. But he's so into her. Yeah, but you're so into me. But if I drop dead tomorrow, <laughs> if I was, like, if I'm a ghost and I saw you, uh-huh. like, digging me up from my grave. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'd probably like we probably get into another fight and, I, you know, I shouldn't be making jokes, but it's just so crazy. Yeah. I don't even know what to say. Hmm. Yeah. So Carl be crazy. Ed be crazy. Lots of bitches be crazy these days. Leave people alone. I mean, back in the day, like grave robbing was so common for medical, exp- like medical stuff that they actually had these cages, like these metal cages that they actually put on top of the graves hmm. so that no one could crawl through and get the soil out. What? Yeah, it looks really scary. What? Yeah. I mean, have you thought about it? Like, what do you want to happen to you when you're dead? Because I've thought about it what's gonna happen to i'm just kidding <laughs> have you thought about it no oh i'll think about it and get back to you <laughs> okay thanks yeah i think i'd like to be cremated okay and i respect that no actually i don't know anymore you can do whatever you want with your body honey i will be dead yeah but it's your choice i know but you will be responsible for fulfilling my choices when i'm yeah, dead and i'll do what as you request all right. <laughs> well, let me think about it too, and I'll get back to you. Okay. All right. Good talk. <laughs> this is all just a really long segue into me just trying to figure out <laughs> what he wants to do with his body. This is a casual way of me bringing it up. But I hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode of Ed Gein, the real Leatherface, the real Buffalo Bill, Norman Bates. Let me know what you think. Do you think that this is scarier than the movies? Halloween's coming up. I know everyone's going to be watching those movies. And I hope you guys enjoyed this week's podcast. Thank you so much. Better Help Ritual and for Daily Harvest for partnering with this week's episode and making it possible. Listen, it's very difficult to find anyone who wants to work with me while I talk about how he had nine vaginas in a shoebox. So I really, they're the OGs, okay? We got to show them some love. (laughs) So I hope you guys enjoyed this week's podcast and I'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.